0: Today's scripture comes from the book of Mark, chapter 2, 1, verse uh, 12. And when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get him near him... Because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit, Uh, picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. This is the word of God. Good afternoon, everyone.
1: Welcome again to this gathering of New Hope Fellowship. It's great to see you all. It's great to worship God with you. Um, In just a a few moments, uh, very soon, I'm going to welcome... Uh, a guest of ours, a friend and and esteemed guest of ours named Bethany Colvin, and she's going to share with you about uh, a ministry called Choshen Farms in Zambia. Um, Before she comes up to share um, with you, I'm going to invite you to open up a Bible, if you have one, to the very passage that, uh, that Jason just read for us. Thanks, Jason, for reading God's word to his church in Mark chapter 2. We're going to look briefly at this scene. It's a memorable scene, and in some ways, it's, uh, it's remarkable and miraculous in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And I've got, a, I've got a simple message for you today. It's simple, it's straightforward, and it's simply this. You can trust Jesus with broken, hurting people, including yourself. So, bring broken, hurting people to Jesus, including yourself. You can trust him with broken, hurting people, and that includes you. You can trust him with your brokenness, with your hurts. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus is back in a town called Capernaum. He's probably at a home of two of his disciples. And when news spread that he was back in Capernaum, uh, the, the, the place started to uh, amass with people, right? The, uh, people started gathering in his house, so much so that there was no more room in that space. It was packed. Verse 2 says, there was no room, not even at the door. But more people kept coming, including a man who could not walk. He was being carried by four other men. And we don't know who those men were. All we know is that they were determined to get this man in the room with Jesus. So they climbed up on the roof. And they dug a hole through the the thatch and the mud. It It was dirty work. It was hard work. And they lowered their paralyzed companion down through that hole and into the crowd. It was a creative solution, no doubt. Um, Also, you might call it an extreme solution, (laughs) costly in some ways, but it worked. They got him in the room with them. And what Jesus did when he saw this man shocked everyone in the room. And I've often wondered, what, what was Jesus' internal response when he saw this man coming through the roof, laying on the ground in front of him? I wonder, because we know what Jesus said, but I wonder what he thought in that moment. And I, I know it's, it's, it's dangerous to speculate sometimes, but I just wonder, like, was, was, he, was he thinking, oh, my goodness, who is this? And what are they doing? Or, or was his response more like, there you are. I've been waiting for you. And now you're here with me. Whatever was going on inside Jesus' heart, what came out of his mouth shocked everyone. And it shows us why we can trust Jesus with broken, hurting people, including ourselves. And here are the reasons why we can trust Jesus with broken and hurting people it's because one, he sees you completely, and two, he will care for you completely. He sees you completely, Jesus does. The first thing that people would naturally notice about this man who was paralyzed was his physical disability. In fact, the narrator calls him simply a paralytic, almost as if that was his identity. But Jesus sees more than that when he looks at this man. For one, he sees this man's guilt guilt that this man was carrying in his broken body, he sees his sin. This man needed forgiveness, and Jesus saw that. Now, this guy may have shown up longing for forgiveness. We don't know. I think it's more likely that he was longing for healing, for his body to be restored. But what Jesus paid attention to at at, at first was his sin. It was his guilt. And more than that, Jesus saw not only his sin, but he saw faith. Verse 5 says, Jesus saw their faith. He saw belief. He saw this trust that that Jesus could help them. He saw trust that Jesus could help me. And and certainly it says their faith. So he saw it in those men that were doing the carrying. But I would argue that he saw faith in this paralyzed man too. Because he calls him son. Son. And he says, your sins are forgiven. You see, Jesus saw so much more than his paralysis. He saw him completely. So he knew what he needed most urgently, and he gave it to him, freely, on the spot, unsolicited. When Jesus looks at you, he doesn't just see what everyone else sees. In fact, when Jesus looks at you, he doesn't just see what you see when you look at yourself. He sees you completely. And that's why it's safe to bring your broken, hurting self to Him. I wish I could convince you of that. I can't. So, so my aim is simply to, to bring you to Him. Or, 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 in a sense, I'm kind of bringing Jesus to you here in this passage to, to show you Jesus here. And my hope is that you'll believe that He sees you completely and that you'll believe that He loves you enough to meet your deepest need. Because, as, as offensive as this might sound, and I think this is pretty offensive, our deepest need is forgiveness. Our deepest need is forgiveness. Of our sin I'll quote the beloved Tim Keller who just recently went home to be the, with the Lord he said the main problem in a person's life is not their suffering it's their sin now one thing I know about dr. Keller and I've gathered this from many people I know who know him is that dr. Keller had a profound concern for people's suffering he's not a heartless man not by any stretch But he says the main problem in a person's life is not their suffering, it's their sin. Look, your your suffering matters. The difficulties that you're experiencing in life, the pain that you're experiencing matters. It doesn't just matter to you, it matters to Jesus deeply. We We don't know, for instance, what caused this particular man to be paralyzed. We don't know if it was an accident, we don't know if it was a birth defect, or if he was assaulted and hurt by someone. We have no idea. But it's as if Jesus is saying to him, because Jesus cared, he knew what happened to this man, and yet he's saying, I, I, it's as if he's saying, I know the pain that you're carrying, and I'm going to get to that, but your biggest problem is not what's been done to you. Your biggest problem is what you've done and what you've left undone. Your biggest problem is, is how you've lived And how you failed to live and so he starts with what matters most and he meets this man there some of us i think we 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 might think that we know what we need most like like you may feel like you know what would easier hurt you just can't get it but you know what it is It, it it would make your life better it would make your life more livable and happier if you could just get whatever that is. I wonder what it is for you, I have no idea. But maybe you long for that thing. Jesus sees deeper. He sees deeper than the thing that you think you need. And that's why you can trust your broken, hurting self to him. Because he sees you completely. He sees in you what you miss, what you can't see He sees what you perhaps do see, but you're ashamed of and you're hiding it. He sees that too. And he's still willing to die for you. Because there's, there is no forgiving of sin without his death. What I mean is, is and I think, I think we all know this at some level, there's no forgiving of sins without absorbing its consequences. What I mean when I say you know that is like when, you, when someone hurts you, or take something from you, and and you say, I forgive you. When you forgive them, what are you doing? You're saying, I'm not gonna exact exchange, I'm not gonna exact revenge on you. I'm not gonna make you pay for this. I'll take the loss. I'll absorb the damage. And this is what Jesus did. Literally, when he was crucified, he absorbed the damage, the cost, the penalty because he sees you completely and he loves you enough to die for you still. And so, and so if you will see him for who he is, dying on a cross for you, to forgive you, to absorb the consequences and penalty of the way you've lived and failed to live, the things you've done and left undone, if you see him in that way, it will change everything. He sees you completely. But not only that, he, he will care for you completely. Jesus will care for you completely. And it's, it's right here in this story. He didn't just give this man forgiveness. He restored his body. And we have to look at how that unfolded. When, when Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven, that did not sit well with everyone in the room. The, the scribes who were, who, were, who were sitting there, they, they were experts in, in the Jewish scriptures, and they wondered in their hearts, verse 7 says, why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? You see, these men knew the scriptures. They knew that only God ultimately can forgive all sin. No one can absolve you ultimately of all your wrongdoing. I can forgive you in a limited way for something you do to me, but I cannot absolve you ultimately before God. Only he can do this. So when Jesus declared, Son, your sins are forgiven, what he was implying, and really more than implying, he was declaring that he himself was God, the creator and the Lord of the universe. He's saying all your sin was ultimately against me, and I forgive you. We're good. Let's read just the end of this this scene. It says there in verse 8, And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, you see, he sees them completely too, he said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, take up your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son, has th- Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all and so that they were all amazed. And they glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. So here's the logic, I believe, between, behind what Jesus is saying. And I know people have understood this differently. This is the best I can do to understand it. When Jesus said, you're forgiven, there was no observable way to know whether this man really was forgiven or not. It's not like something changed in him, right? When Jesus said, you're forgiven, perhaps people in the room were wondering, is he really forgiven? In other words, it's, it's easy to say your sins are forgiven, there's no way to observably like test that right it could just be easy. it just words just empty words so to show that his words were true and trustworthy and authoritative jesus said something in that room that everyone in the room could test immediately he says rise pick up your bed and go home and when that man got up everyone knew that jesus is not all talk <laughs> He doesn't, these aren't empty words. In that moment, he displayed his complete authority authority to heal, authority to forgive all sin. And, and he showed them, and he's showing us that he cares about more than just our sin. Jesus cares about more than just your sin, he cares for us completely. His desire is not only to forgive you but to restore complete wholeness, total well-being to everyone who believes in him. You see, what Jesus did for this man, it was a sign. It was a taste of what he will eventually do for everyone who believes in him. Because when Jesus returns to, to finally establish his kingdom fully and forever, In that kingdom, there will be no paralysis. In fact, every time that Jesus cast out a demon or healed someone's broken body, he was showing us that in his kingdom, his kingdom will be free of every kind of evil and illness and sadness. So when his kingdom comes in fullness, everyone who has entrusted themselves to him as savior, as king, you will experience healing in the entirety of your lives. Jesus will care for you completely. And, and that care. It begins now. It begins in the moment that you believe. And only intensifies. And is completed. In eternity. So my question. As I close is. is, is do you feel broken? And hurting? Are you carrying. Pain. You can trust, you can trust your broken, hurting self to Jesus. Are you carrying guilt? Are you carrying guilt? Maybe people have already forgiven you or you've tried to forgive yourself, whatever that means, but you you still feel guilt. (laughs) You need a deeper forgiveness and you know it deep down. Jesus sees you completely and he will forgive you. He will lift the weight of guilt from your shoulders and He will care for you completely. I wonder if for some of us here there's someone who you want to bring to Jesus, that you're trying to bring to Jesus and you're finding it very hard. It is hard. Look what these guys had to go through it was arduous and dirty. Maybe expensive too. Maybe they had to pay for the roof they ruined. Don't give up trying to bring the ones you love to Jesus. And if if names and faces come to mind and you've grown tired, you feel inadequate for the work of bringing the one you love to be in the room to see him and know him. Don't give up. Patiently keep telling them about Jesus. Thoughtfully, patiently, discerningly keep praying for them. Keep showing them the love of Jesus. You can trust him. With that broken, hurting person that you love. Let's pray. And after we pray, Bethany's going to come up and she's going to tell us about a ministry called Chotion Farm, as I said. And, and she's going to share with us stories of bringing brokenness and hurt to Jesus. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would help us to see you as clearly as you see us. And to trust that you do, in fact, know us and love us still. And you will address our deepest need. And you have, if we've believed in you, you've addressed it already. Condemnation has been lifted. There's no more for those who are in Christ Jesus. Help us to see that, to believe it, and also to trust That you will care for us completely. That means every hurt, every pain, every struggle, we can keep trusting it to you. Hoping in you. Help us, Lord. Amen.